The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. This episode of the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. Unlike many of the other networks that we've seen filled with hot take artists, CBS Sports HQ really prides themselves on being a network that avoids the politics, avoids fake debates, and it's just real sports for real fans, and it's all free. And that's not free for a week or a free trial or part of some special cable package. It's just completely free for everybody. You don't even need to log in. It's absolutely fantastic. CBS Sports HQ is here to change the sports TV game. So just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Anshu Kana, and we have a very special show for you today with the man, the myth, the legend, Brad Evans, also known as Yahoo Noise. Really excited about this. Uh, you can tell I'm very nervous and uh, in awe of the celebrity that is Brad Evans. He brought the energy for sure. Uh, but before we get to that interview, here's a word from our friends over at betonline.ag. There's nothing better than when the football season heats up, and there's only one way that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, MLB is really heating up with less than two months left in the AL. You've got the Yankees, Minnesota trying to hold off Cleveland. I believe that the Indians might make a big run here. Houston is running the AL West. And then in the NL, you've got the Dodgers, Cubs, Braves. you got the Brewers and Cardinals. A lot of good rivalries, and all these teams are set up very nicely for a late season run. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code, PODCAST1, or Text bet now to two three eight six six nine to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus. MLB action only two months left in the regular season. Get in on all the action. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Now back to the show. All right, friends, we are very fortunate to have on one of my absolute favorite experts for fantasy football as well as uh, college basketball. He is a true fantasy legend. You can find him writing with our friends over at Yahoo, as well as on his podcast, The Fantasy Record, starring in the Fantasy Football Hour on Altitude TV and on Twitter at Yahoo Noise. He is the curator of Team Huevos. It's Brad Evans. Brad, you have been super busy, my friend, and we really, really appreciate you coming on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Hey, thanks for allowing me to carve out some time. Uh, look, I, I'm hardly a legend. If I'm, uh, you know, bronzed anywhere, I'm like uh, Han Solo and Carbonite based on some <laughs> of my shoddy predictions over the years. I've been frozen and potentially permanently because my reputation has been damaged year after year. But hopefully this year I will get something right. 
I, I don't doubt it. I mean, I and let's just start right there with your predictions, because I think that I don't know if this is a theme that you generally have. I, I noticed it more so this year looking at your your rankings versus ADP. But I'm just interested, generally speaking, are you more of like a talent guy or an opportunity guy? Because I'm I'm looking at your ADP and a theme that really struck me this year is, you know, the younger, more talented guys. You've got David Montgomery higher. You know, you've got rookies like Kyler Murray and Hawkinson. And, um, you know, some big-time sophomores like Carrion Johnson, Mark Andrews, Mike Williams, Deshaun. I mean, is it more of a talent thing to you, or is that just you kind of sticking your neck out there for, I don't know, guys that you identify as having both talent and opportunity? Yeah, it's always a mixture of both, right? So, you know, you got to take it on a case-by-case basis. Uh, You know, for example, Dave Montgomery, you know, I've been – mandatory Montgomery updates are on my Twitter feed. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm 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 emotionally, I'm financially invested in him this year. Uh, he's exactly the guy I wanted my Chicago Bears because I'm a diehard Bears fan to yeah. draft, and they acquired him. Maybe Ryan Pace heard me. I don't know. It's possible because I'm a very loud fellow. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's like I said, it's a mixture of both because he is enormously talented. A guy, the only player in the pro football focus era to go over 100 missed tackles in a single collegiate season. And he not only did it once, but he did it twice behind a pair of questionable offensive lines at Iowa State. I love the, uh, you know, top 10 offensive line the Bears have. Uh, I love the fact that he's versatile. He's got tremendous hands. Uh, he drives through contact as well. So he's got all the tools to be a fantasy stud, and and that's why I believe you know he could step in and seize the moment. You know, people can say, "Oh, what about Tariq Cohen? Evans? He's got to you know take away all the third down work." Well, Matt Nagy's creative. You know, with the offensive scheming, both can coexist on the field at the same time. I think you're going to see Cohen out of the slot pretty often, set in motion, maybe even on the perimeter. Uh, from time to time, and then and then there's Mike Davis. You know, and people are like, well, Mike Davis is uh, he's posed a major threat. You <laughs> nincompoop. There's no way that David Montgomery can be good. Mike Davis is an insurance policy. He was paid like an insurance policy this off season. It's not like he signed an exorbitant deal. So you know, you pulled all together along with the gushing that Matt Nagy has said, and you know the path is pretty clear for Montgomery to be Kareem Hunt 2.0 in my estimation. Wow. You know, Josh Jacobs, another talented guy, not as great of an offensive environment, but a clear path to touches. So that's that balance of talent with opportunity. And then on the other side of the coin, I mean, you could look at. You know, some guys that are out there like a Darwin Thompson, who I, I think has a tremendous amount of talent. He's starting to showcase that in training camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. But he got Damien Williams there. You know, maybe it's going to be an RBBC. Still have Carlos Hyde. But, you know, he's a guy that uh, I think is, uh, you know, a, a baked potato, basically. I think he's done, <laughs> fully cooked. You know, put a little butter on him, some bacon bits, and maybe some chives. It'd be pretty tasty. But for fantasy purposes, well, you know, relatively bland. Um, but you know, it, it, there it just goes back and forth. Uh, for me, it, it's it, again, it's just a blend of the two together. And uh, you know, right now, as you and I always have said, and I'm sure you have the same way I've said it, volume is king in fantasy. So we're always trying to find those past opportunity. For sure, and I mean, I, I guess it stands in contrast to me. And one of the, you mentioned Darwin Thompson, but I think Chris Carson kind of falls under that group as well. For you, it seems like you're a little bit lower on Carson. So I'm guessing you expect again the talent maybe of a first round pick and Rashad Penny to step up over Carson, or is that you know just the idea that you think they'll end up splitting carries a lot in and uh, touches in in Seattle? 
Well, there's a lot of uh, variables, elements here at play with Chris Carson. Uh, for starters, he never stays healthy. You know, and inevitably, you go back to his days in high school, he missed games. You know, in college at Oklahoma State, missed a lot of games. Uh, he's missed games at the pro level. So, you know, the odds are strong he's going to have a multiple game absence, which would propel then Rashad Penny into a lion's share of the touches. Penny is enormously talented. And don't, uh, you know, don't knock him for last year. You know, there's a transition uh, period. Uh, he had a little too many little Debbie snacks, uh, I think, last season. Um, so he had the added weight there. Uh, he's changed his diet up. He's trimmed down. He looks more explosive. They're getting both backs involved uh, in the pass game more. And here's the other thing about Seattle. This is an ultra-conservative offense, right? They mm -hmm. ran it over 52% of the time, 33 times per game last season. They're not going to stray away from that kind of premise uh, and strategically. So... I think there's a decent chance Carson and Penny, assuming both play 14 games apiece, could wind up as RB2s just knowing the wow. system that they're in. Wow. Yeah, no, they, they love running that, running the ball in that offense. And so does that mean you're down on Russell Wilson at all relative to, you know, the way that he's being drafted? Or what are your, what's your stance on that? We know that regression is likely to hit him, at least from a, a passing touchdown standpoint. But interested to hear your perspective on Wilson. Well, I've got him ranked right now just inside my top 10. I think there's some sexier options out there. Kyler Murray, for one, yes. that you can get you know, significantly later. We can get more about Bennett. Uh, Baker Mayfield, of course, uh, because the mustache alone is worth, I think, 50 touchdowns. Uh, so, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has one right you know, now. I, I don't know if you're feeling that good about him. I'm a Bears guy. I can't. Yeah, I can't right. talk. You know, uh, superlatives about Aaron Rodgers, especially about you know his uh, inability to drink beer properly. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I like Russell Wilson because he's one of those guys. I think last year the anomaly in his statistical profile is the fact that he didn't have a single rushing touchdown, right. and you know usually he gets three, four on the board, and I think that will change this year. He was hyper-efficient. That's why Tyler Lockett was also hyper-efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, is he a top-five quarterback? No. Is he a guy that is deserving of QB1 status at a 12-team league? Absolutely. Would I be willing to take the discount on Russell Wilson because in fantasy drafts that, you know, experienced, seasoned veteran players are in – uh, you never take a quarterback until like round seven or eight. So right, if, right. if Wilson's there in round nine or ten, yeah, I think he is suitable value at that point. But, uh, yeah, there might be a slight regression uh, passing-wise, but I think he can make up any kind of drop-off there on the ground. Yeah, no, I, I generally agree with you there. And it seems like you're rarely going to get Wilson because of how high you are on Kyler Murray, as you brought up. So can you just talk a little bit about what you think of this Arizona offense with Cliff Kingsbury and if, you know, this is kind of a rising tide situation where all these ships kind of raise up. You're also high on Christian Kirk. Yeah, I love this offense, and I think it's going to transition, not seamlessly, not flawlessly necessarily. I mean, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but uh, I, I'm a strong advocate for the air raid uh, scheme as a whole, and I think Cliff Kingsbury's brand, everybody runs it a little bit different. Uh, Hal Hume, uh, Mume, I think is uh, the originator originator of it, mm -hmm. uh, and then you've got uh, along with uh, Mike Leach, who's got his own different iteration. Kingsbury's got his own different iteration of it that he ran at Texas Tech, and it's going to evolve uh, to adjust to the pro level. Uh, you know, there's uh, Monken's got elements of it that he has in his offensive scheme. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds. And I wouldn't take anything. You know, I would take everything with a grain of salt. I wouldn't take everything as um, 
you know, fact of what you're seeing in the preseason because, if anything, uh, I don't think Kingsbury's even showing a single card in his hand. But you know, I wrote 1,400 words about this on Yahoo Sports. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a prolific passing offense. Uh, they're going to run 70 to 75 plays. They're not going to be able to run 1995. That's just not feasible at the pro level. But Murray is a guy who is basically teaching a master level class in his rookie year. He's teaching Larry Fitzgerald because he knows the offense like the back of his hand, right? Yeah. Christian Kirk knows the offense like the back of his hand because he ran a similar scheme uh, while at Texas A&M. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of nickel and diming. There's a lot of high percentage throws. People uh, that, you know, disparage Murray for his height and everything else are going to say, well, the offensive line, Evans, it's broken. You're an idiot. Uh, once again, for recommending a, a you know diminutive quarterback uh, running behind a transparent offensive line for his life in many cases. But with the offensive line uh, it, it, and how it's set up in the air raid scheme is it's spaced out differently than your traditional offensive hmm. lines and, uh, you know, throwback setups or, you know, the NFL standard setup. So they, they have a little bit more space, about a half a foot in between each lineman and what that does is it spreads out the defenders you might say well that's got to leave free lanes open for these guys to rush that's true to a certain extent but when you have a jackrabbit quarterback operating primarily on a shotgun uh what that space allows is it creates throwing lanes it creates running lanes yeah. and in an rpo based system and a guy that knows it you know frontwards and backwards uh, i think he's going to flourish so murray to me i've said this before and i'm going to you know quadruple down on it he will be what RG3 was in his rookie season. Wow. Uh, guys, like, you know, 3,800 passing yards, 700 rushing yards, 25 combined touchdowns. That's why I'm ranked as my number five quarterback, and I'm not budging. And one last note I want to make here is that this defense is going to royally suck. <laughs> yes, I, it is. I'm putting it mildly, right? With Patrick yeah. Peterson on the shelf uh, for the first six weeks of the regular season, and you got to throw in Byron Murphy, a greenhorn, a rookie, to start at corner, uh, to go along with Robert Alford, who gave up like 100-plus pass rate into his assignments. I, I mean, there's so many question marks, whether you're talking about the linebacker core, the defensive line, the back end. All that screams is high-volume situations, garbage-time situations for Kyla Murray and for us, us fantasy dudes and dudettes. That is music to our ears. For sure. And, I mean, that uh, that division has some great quarterbacks that are, that are going to take advantage of that defense, I think, as well. So, um, But, you know, relative to that split-gap offensive line scheme that you're talking about, what do you think that means for David Johnson? Because he's a guy that I'm, I'm obsessed with, but I've got, you know, injury concerns. And, you know, and I do think they're going to pass a lot, which I, I don't know how that's going to manifest itself with the running back. Yeah, I had the opportunity to interview David Johnson. I think I've interviewed him like two or three times. Super nice guy uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, I flew down to Dallas for then. It was like the Fantasy Football Convention. It's now been rebranded as SportsCon. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I met David and, and asked him a question, I'm like, hey, you know, all I do in these interviews is just try to pry out projections from these dudes. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's all we want, right? It's just like, what's, because they all got goals, whether, you know, internally or maybe it's even written in black and white in their contracts that they're trying to reach certain thresholds so they get an extra, you know, 150000 or whatever it is. So I asked point blank, you know, first question, uh, David, uh, you know, nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. What is your goal this year? And please spin it for fantasy purposes. And he goes, I want to be the next Roger Craig. I want to be the next Marshall Falk. I want to join the 1,000-1,000 club. 
I I basically stopped the interview at that point. I told my crew, all right, we got what we needed. Pack it up. Let's go. We're out. It was, I mean, it was that simple. I, I came just for a nugget. He was the first guy I interviewed, and I did like 15 other interviews. We didn't have to do anything else because it went crazy. viral, and it was great, and he is still standing by that. That is his goal is to become a 1,000-1,000 guy. In this air raid scheme, this is his best opportunity. Ooh, it really is it. because they're going to maximize him not only as a rusher but also as a receiver. I mean, you saw in the first preseason game. The fact that they threw a screen to him, even though it's vanilla scheming and nobody's strategizing or whatever, I was just I stood up and I applauded in my living room. I was I was like, Hallelujah. Uh, look Mike McCoy, look Byron Leftwich. Yes. When you utilize David Johnson in the past game, good things happen, and Kingsbury knows that. I mean, hell, Johnson is a converted wideout after all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's big enough, and you know they gave a lot of lip service last year. I felt like specifically Leftwich that they were going to get him more involved in the past game the way he was with Arians, and it's crazy to think it's you know we're basically two years removed from when he was the epic back he was. But I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be awesome this year. Uh, but shifting gears from this absolute new age offense to one that I'm I'm a little dubious on, but it seems like you're a little higher than I am, and that's the Jets. You've got Robbie Anderson higher than consensus. You're higher on Jamison Crowder. Is this? Are you believing in Adam Gase? Is this you believing in Sam Darnold? Is it some combination? What What are your thoughts here? Oh God, the mere thought of believe in Adam Gase in the same sentence uh, is frightening to me. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe we, you know if we could just you know have the taco. Uh, emoji hovering above it. <laughs> I'm just going to swallow it the entire time. That'd be amazing. And let the rest of the coaching staff actually coach. Uh, it, it is going to be a pedestrian offense. We, you know, we saw the number of plays that he ran last year with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it was slow. It was methodical. Uh, it was tortoise-like. Uh, hopefully be able to pick up the pace. I like the weapons. I actually really like the Jets and what they're doing as a franchise. Sands gaze uh, in, in just in terms of personnel moves. And uh, the strategy that's been employed there. I, I think Le'Veon Bell's going to get 300 or 350 touches this year. Uh, I am not worried about him breaking down. I think it's a blessing in disguise that he took the year off now. Um, it, I think it was a downside for him to go to South Beach to make crappy rap albums and ride around on jet skis during your year <laughs> off. But he's great shape. And, you know, all those accumulated touches, he was able to get his body to rest and relax a little bit. I, I think it's going to pay dividends for the Jets this season, and they're going to utilize him in a multifaceted dimension. Um, and, and you saw the bubbling chemistry last year that Darnold established Robbie Anderson late in the year. I mean, Robbie Anderson was a fantasy football playoff hero. You know, mm -hmm. he was the second most valuable wideout during the fantasy playoffs behind some dude named DeAndre Hopkins. And they want to utilize him more underneath this season instead of being that one-trick pony downfield. And then Crowder, I mean, these reports are hyperbolic. That oh, he's going to catch 100 balls this year. That ain't going to happen. That's right. Yeah. But could he catch 80? Could he catch 80? I think that's realistic. You know, I think Sam Darnold is making strides. He's only going to get better. He's a very good talent. Uh, I think his accuracy is going to improve. As long as Crowder can stay healthy, he's one of those guys you're getting consistently after pick 100 in a PPR league who could wind up being a, a surefire wide receiver three in that format. And I got Robbie Anderson inside my top 20. I'm fully bought in. And again, folks, uh, I'm not a J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets fan. Uh, me and Fireman Phil are not getting beers after the game. I'm a Bears guy. I That's just right. like what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I mean, as a Bears fan, you saw Adam Gase bring out some of the best in Jay Cutler at one point. I mean, I know that they weren't exactly a high-flying offense, but I, I think that there's something to be said about 
going from Tannehill to a talent like Darnold, and and I, I'm interested. I, I this is the first I've really seen. I think that of of these two, these skill position guys going so high. So I think you you made a believer out of me. But uh, I don't think I'm gonna make a believer out of you and the Packers offense. That's the last one I want to touch on with you. But you are high on a lot of these skill guys. I mean, you're an Aaron Jones truth, or maybe the original, one of the originals for G, for sure. And then you know, Jerron and my Allison, MVS. Obviously, you're you're pretty steady on Devontae as well. So, what are your thoughts on these this group of players? I mean, do you think that Matt Lafleur and Rodgers can connect and and kind of bring this entire offense back to what it was a few years ago? Well, yeah, the relationship between Rodgers and Lafleur uh, is TBD. We'll see. You know, Rodgers is a guy that likes to be in control of the situation. Clearly, uh, he will subtly jab you to the media <laughs> if oh, if yeah. you're you know. If things are going your way, uh, which was definitely the case with a moron named Mike McCarthy last year. But, yeah, I, I am one of the originators uh, of the bandwagon for Aaron Jones. And my love stemmed from watching a, a really strange amount of UTEP games late at <laughs> night. Bizarre. Yeah, I mean, tequila Thursdays happen in my house. And, <laughs> you know, I was sipping on the Mexican love juice. And there were a lot of Thursday night games uh, of UTEP featured on CBS College Sports. So it'd be like, I don't know, 1030 Mountain Time. I, you know, I'm just sitting there lying in bed. I'm like, what's on the tube? And it's like, oh, it's UTEP. Now I'll watch this for a while. I think I watched like four or five games uh, his junior or senior year. And I was like, damn, yeah, this this running back's good. Like, I mean, he's this is better than the league he's playing in. Like, mm-hmm. this is NFL level good. And when, you know, the, the Packers took it and everybody's gushing about Jamal Williams this, Jamal Williams that. I'm like, I watch a lot of BYU games, too, and Jamal Williams, not good. No. And the advanced analytics really, you know, supported that notion. Uh, but Jones, I thought, was the diamond in the rough that they stole in the draft. And it's starting to finally come to fruition. I mean, he was RB5 from weeks 8 through 14 last year. Uh, the offensive line should be good. He's going to see nothing but light fronts. I think he only saw a light front with Aaron Rodgers under center right around 12% of the time, uh, or a stack front, excuse me, right around 12% of the time. So, you know, 88% of the time he's he's going up against, you know, exploitable fronts. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a believer. In round three, I'd fully invest in him uh, with the utmost confidence as my RB2. If you go wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two yeah. rounds, I think trusting him as a back-end RB1 in a 12-team setting is a sage move. Uh, I like Adams. I mean, we don't have to really expound too much on him. I think he's going to lead the league in touchdown receptions at 10-1, to 1, by the way, FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, oh, wow. If you live in Jersey, it's a good yeah. wager to make. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been consistently at number nine overall. I've been grabbing him uh, and then coming back and getting a Nick Chubb or even in some cases Le'Veon Bell uh, mm. because people are so skittish on him. Uh, but that, that, uh, you know, that discount's starting to expire a little bit right now. But Adams is going to be incredible. Uh, MVS is interesting. You know, a big guy that worked uh, primarily in the slot. They're going to work him more outside opposite of Devontae Adams. Uh, had some, you know, moments of brilliance last year. A couple hundred-yard games. Uh, you know, if, in the battle between him and Allison, I like MVS slightly more. Though my University of Illinois allegiance should always side with one of the few players uh, that are impact yes. in the league and Allison. Uh, but I think both these guys could easily be wide receiver threes when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback still playing at a very high level. So, you know, where they're going in terms of draft capital, you know, like Allison in the 90s consistently MVS right around the same price point. I think there's a lot of ROI return on investment built in again to that pricing. 
For sure. I totally agree. And Aaron Jones, after the UTEP late night tequila Thursdays, went on to post an absolutely insane spark score, as did Equinemius St. Brown, who I think if one of those guys gets injured, is going to be a good play for the Packers yeah. as well, if he's able yeah. to get out there. But All right, Brad, I think that's all the time we've got today, but thank you so much. Is there anything uh, you want to plug that I didn't hear in the open? Uh, a, get Dave Montgomery. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's mandatory. I mean, that's that. If you don't do that, I am going to toss a flaming bag on your front doorstep. <laughs> okay. That's, that's just a lock. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Yahoo Noise. Uh, check out my nationally syndicated television show back for season four called the Fantasy Football Hour on regional sports networks. We're going to air in 112 million homes wow. this year. So we're really proud of that. Uh, Fantasy Football Live coming back season 14, believe it or not, Yahoo Sports. Sunday mornings at yahoosports.com. I'm on a Cal Ripken streak. I have not missed a show in 14 years. So oh, I am man. due. For, I am I am like uh, Eric Ebron. I am due for regression. <laughs> at some point so uh, um check that out in the fantasy record podcast right here as well in the podcast one family just yeah, like uh, the underdog uh, fantasy podcast so make sure you listen to that and subscribe to the antics that brandon funson and i put on now twice per week all the way through the end of the regular fantasy season absolutely we will be doing all those things brad you are the absolute best hopefully we can get you on again around bracketology season because i know oh. you're a huge march madness guy as well Yes, I am. Uh, and I'm a degenerate gambler, too, when it comes to college basketball. Uh, so, yes, we could definitely talk about wagering on the tournament. We could talk about brackets. We could talk about bad coaching hairstyles. We could talk <laughs> oh, about it all. all. No shortage of those. No shortage of those. All right, Brad, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Gracias, amigo.